0: Here's a thought experiment. Would you rather get paid $10,000 more a year or have unlimited vacation days? We're talking about the power of perks. This is Game Plan. I'm Rebecca Greenfield.
1: And I'm Francesca Levy.
0: And this week we're talking about all the different perks that companies may or may not offer their employees to get them to take and stay at their jobs. So when you're offered a job, you have a compensation package and that big number that we all look at is salary. But there's all this other stuff that comes with it that makes up what you get paid in. So that can include things like health insurance, which most people are accustomed to getting through their job. But now companies are offering all sorts of crazy things like dog grooming services or egg freezing services or anything that they can do to differentiate themselves from other companies that are trying to hire you. So one of these new benefits that's been popular over the last few years is this unlimited vacation where companies are saying you can take as much vacation as you want.
1: Yeah, all of these perks sound great. And I think that's part of the idea. Companies know that it's cheaper to Pay for these benefits than it is to raise salaries. And in fact, salaries aren't growing at the rate that we've seen these perks explode.
0: Yeah. And you have to think of someone taking a job through that question I asked, which is would you rather have a little bit more money or would you rather have unlimited vacation?
1: What would you prefer?
0: Well, I worked in a job where we had unlimited vacation and I wasn't making very much money. And I can tell you that when I was thinking about leaving the job, I never considered the unlimited vacation as a reason to stay.
1: Yeah. And intuitively, it seems like nine out of 10 people would probably feel the same way as you do. Like, I think about unlimited vacation and it sounds great, but I don't know what I would actually do at that time. Like, I'm not going to take 18 weeks of vacation a year. That's not going to happen. And I think companies know that and they and they consider that when they're offering this benefit. However, it's very easy for me to think about what I would do with 10,000 extra dollars.
0: Yeah, that's my problem with office perks or some of these office perks and I wrote about it in an article titled Office Perks Are Dumb. Good and title. And it was based on this New York Times report of advertising companies that were struggling to keep around employees. So what they did was they just started putting ping pong tables and kegerators in their offices, which um, signaled this Very kind of startup culture. Yes, like we're a cool office, like we're chill, blah blah blah. And it didn't really work to keep people around. And that's because ping pong tables, people don't care about that at work. It's not like the type of perk that they actually care about.
1: Right. People want to like their jobs and they want to get good health insurance.
0: Yeah. And they want to get paid. And it turned out that advertising was losing people because their starting salary was about $45,000 a year, which is much lower than competitive industries. So it's kind of like the context that you offer these perks in and how they can attract people. So if you're working at a company that isn't offering you a lot of other standard benefits and salary, you know, unlimited vacation isn't going to feel so great. I guess it's no surprise that people want to have it all. They want a good salary, perks, and a great place to work with interesting projects. So we found someone who claims to offer all of that and more for his employees. Our guest today is Jason Fried, the co-founder and CEO of Basecamp, which makes workplace collaboration software. He offers his employees competitive salaries, good health benefits, a $5000 vacation stipend to spend on travel, and 16 weeks of paid parental leave. Thanks for coming on, Jason. Thanks for having me on. So, we just mentioned all these really generous benefits that you offer. When did you first decide to beef up your perks?
2: Um, when we could afford it, basically. So, we, we didn't we didn't have this kind of generous benefits package when we first launched the company back in 99 but over the years we've been adding on to it. So uh, every every year or so we'll add something new if, if some people request something or we have a new idea. So I'd say it's, it's sort of been a gradual move. The vacation thing you, you mentioned, is we've been doing that for about seven or eight years now. So that's kind of a longstanding one and a very popular one.
1: So what were the perks that you had available to employees or the benefits when you first launched?
2: We first started the company, there just four of us, so we didn't even think about benefits or perks. It was just like, can we pay the bills? And then as time rolled on, we, we were doing quite well, and we had a surplus. So we're like, let's uh, let's give that back to employees in different ways. So I think one of the first things we actually did was four-day work weeks. So we do four-day work weeks in the summer. From May through September, we all have Friday off. Or if you want Monday off or whatever, you can take one day off a week. And that doesn't mean reduced pay. It actually means 32 hours a week versus 40 hours a week. So that was one of the earlier ones we did. And then over time, we've just layered in more and more and more.
0: Was that a calculation that you made when you were trying to hire people? Was it hard to hire unless you could offer them something like that?
2: Um, We've never looked at perks as carrots, in a sense, you know, to to hire people. We've just done it because we think it's the right thing to do. And uh, we have good margins. We're a profitable company, been profitable for 18 years and so we're always on the lookout for how to spend that money uh, on our employees versus, uh, you know, in other ways. So while it certainly does, you know, when we hire people, they're very impressed by the, the benefits package we offer. It's not something we put front and center when we're hiring. It's something that's, you know, someone should be good. They should want to work at Basecamp. We should want to work with them. And then the benefits should be cherry on top versus the reason why people come here if if people come here for the benefits they're probably coming for the wrong reason so we kind of push it slightly back but of course we're very proud of them and we do let people know and people have come to know that we offer very great benefits so it might draw some people but it's not the reason people typically want to work here
0: i guess i'm wondering back in 1999 when you first started hiring and offering these benefits if that was one of the reasons you decided to offer the perks
2: oh just to get uh, new people
0: yeah, back when it was a little probably harder for you when you were smaller.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it really was never a reason why we did it. it. It's never it's never been to attract. It's been mainly to retain in a lot of ways. You could say it's it's something we want to do to keep people who are already here happy. So I, I do think, again, that some people come here or are drawn to the place because they've heard of these benefits, but they have to want to work here for other reasons than that. So I just... I'm not a big fan of casting or putting carrots out there or, or trying to catch people with a net of, of wonderful benefits. I'd rather them be interested in the work and want to work here regardless and then wow them with the with the other things that we do.
1: You mentioned that a four-day work week in the summer was one of the earlier perks that you started offering your employees. Why did you decide on that one?
2: You know, it was actually a bit of, a, of, of, a, of an experiment. We wanted to see what would happen if we worked fewer hours. And so one thing you could say is we'd get less work done, but that really hasn't been the case. In some cases you'd almost wish you had an extra day a week, but in most cases what it actually forced us to do was squeeze things out that we were wasting time on. and So that's why we did that. And of course, you know, people love it. They have three day weekends, so they get to go somewhere and enjoy enjoy the weekend versus just, you know, you kind of work hard through a week, Saturday is almost a recovery day. And then you feel like you have one day left for, of, of off time is what Sunday feels like. So when you have three days, people can spread it out, space it out a bit. They can breathe some more. They might take a long weekend or do a road trip or go on a short vacation. And people come back rested on Monday and ready to get back to work.
0: Are there any perks that you introduced that employees didn't really take advantage of that you then got rid of?
2: Um, we haven't gotten rid of, of them, but we've certainly we were surprised that more people didn't take advantage of them for example we have a co-working or a remote working our, let me step back actually our whole company is remote essentially we have 56 people in the company and most of them almost all of them in fact work remotely they either work from home or in a co-working space every day we have people across 35 cities around the world and we have a co-working stipend it's 100 bucks we just increased it to 200 bucks a month people can use that towards co-working spaces and since most of our employees are remote, I would have expected more people to use that stipend. It turns out there's only a few people that actually use it. Most people tend to work from home instead. Either they're not closer to a, a co-working space or they don't like co-working spaces for whatever reason. Um, but I would have thought more people would use that, but it turns out they don't. We just did increase it, like I said, to 200 bucks a month, so maybe that'll help more people use it. Maybe $100 was not adequate, um, so we'll see how that shakes out. One of the ones that people really use a lot is a, a charity match. So we do a $1,000 charity match every year, and we just increase that to $2,000 because people are maxing out at the $1,000. So I'm glad to see that's happening, and I'm glad to see people are taking advantage of that.
1: What else do you hear from employees about the perks that they really like?
2: Um, a lot of people like the massage benefit. <laughs> so we do this $100 a month for, for massages, but not at the office. Some companies do these massage things at the office where there's like a masseuse on staff or whatever. But I feel like that's faux relaxation. Like if you're hunched over your desk and then you go get a 15-minute massage and you get back and hunch over your desk, it's not really relaxing. Um, so our massage benefit is out of the office. Like you can go to a masseuse wherever you want and you're off time and, and we'll, we'll pay 100 bucks a month for that. Another one that's popular is uh, we do this um, fresh fruits and vegetables or, or like a CSA share, community-supported agriculture, farmer's market share, for everybody at home for hundred bucks a month. So they can have fresh fruit and vegetables for their family. And the reason we don't do this at the office, number one is we, most people don't work at the office, but also I don't like benefits that encourage people to stay at work. And many companies have a lot of perks that are about keeping you in the office. It's actually sort of a subversive effect. So people have, you know, they'll cook dinner, they'll have, they'll have an on-staff chef and they'll, and they'll make dinner for people that to me, you shouldn't be eating dinner at work like that's the wrong place to eat dinner. So we do stuff that's go home and do stuff. Another popular one we do is we will pay for your hobbies. So for example, if you want to learn how to play guitar, like we'll pay for that. If you want to learn how to fly a plane, we'll partially pay for flight school for you. If you want to, again, we make software, it has nothing to do with planes, but if we want to learn to fly a plane, we'll, we'll help you with that. And People take advantage of this in all different kinds of ways. And it's just us saying, hey, you know, be interesting, do something cool with your life that you might not have normally done if you didn't have this level of support from your company. And so a lot of people take advantage of that as well.
0: You have rattled off like 25 different desirable (laughs) perks in this conversation. (laughs) And I read somewhere that you said that you're running out of ideas. So what are you going to do to keep employees around next?
2: (laughs) Well, again, hopefully the, the people want to stick around because the work is good and the, and the coworkers are good and the environment is good and they do meaningful work that uh, no one gets in their way and that sort of stuff. So that's the reason why people stay here. So we're just always looking for things. Things bubble up. People have questions or ask for stuff. And if we think it's reasonable, we'll do it. Um, if it's unreasonable, we'll let people know. And, uh, you know, but, but really, again, I, I just, hopefully it's not the perks that keep people here. It's the work and the, and the environment and, and um, having a full eight hours to themselves every day. I think this is actually the most important perk we can offer, which is everybody has their day to themselves. In a lot of companies, you go to work and people steal your time. They claim time off your calendar. There's meetings, there's conference calls, there's all sorts of things going on, and people have no time to actually do the work. So they end up working late or on the weekends or get in the office really early before no one's there. And so for us, making sure people have a full eight hours to themselves every day with no scheduled meetings, no scheduled time sucks, nothing like that. Um, That really is the biggest perk of them all.
1: How does being based in Chicago versus Silicon Valley, where there is this huge well-known talent war, where a lot of companies offer very elaborate perks, affect your calculation about what benefits to offer? So we have
2: nobody who works for us who lives in Silicon Valley. I don't believe in fighting talent wars or perks wars. I think it's a losing battle, like most wars are. So we just do what we think is right. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. I don't look to other companies to figure out where we should be or what we should do. I look to ourselves and ask our employees what they want. But, there's, for, for example, we don't offer equity. So in a lot of companies, obviously Silicon Valley-based companies or tech companies, a lot of them offer equity. I don't, we don't offer equity. We have some profit-sharing things that we do, but we don't offer equity. So we have a different take on what it means to be an employee. I don't believe in, in the equity uh, angle because most of it ends up being worthless and a lot of that ends up substituted for, for salary. People take lower salaries in the hopes that they will have this lottery ticket that will pay off one day and most of them do not. So I believe in paying people real money that they can use tomorrow versus something they maybe possibly, if the odds line up, could use in five years. Um, so we have a very different take on that as well. I don't like the Silicon Valley culture in, in uh, around most things. I think they work people too hard. I think they're unfair. Um, I think the talent wars thing is kind of ridiculous. I think there's too many promises being made that aren't, aren't kept and aren't fulfilled. And it, it sort of bugs me. So we kind of stay as far away from that as we can.
1: You said these perks are not a recruiting tool and that you offer them because you think it's the right thing to do. But do you think that there's any effect on the work or the product that your company makes from offering all these perks?
2: I think there's probably something there. I, you know. I don't know how to measure that. Certainly I think it's it's the package. So it's, we offer great salaries. So we pay top 5% in the industry. We do uh, use an industry salary uh, service to make sure that we're always paying top 5% salaries. So I don't want, I don't want anyone to ever leave because we don't pay them enough. Certainly some people value certain things more than others. If you really, really love to travel, then certainly our travel perk is a wonderful benefit that you probably can't get many other places. But if you don't, Do good work. If you're not a good person, you're not going to be able to stick around anyway. So you've got to do all that. You've got to care about the company. We care about you. And then hopefully we can can take good care of you on uh, these other levels as well. So I do look at it as a total package.
0: Do you ever lose people to other companies or to Silicon Valley companies?
2: Uh, Yes, certainly. We've lost a few people over the years. Uh, We have very good retention. Half of our company, so we have 56 people. Half of the company has been with us for more than five years. If you add in four years, I think it's something like 68% which is, again, very rare in our industry. People bounce between companies every couple of years. So our retention is very high, but certainly people leave, as they should. Um, You know, if someone finds a better fit for their lifestyle or their company or or whatever they want to do in their life or their career or or whatever it is, they they should go somewhere else. For example, we had someone um, leave for Apple. He's with us for, I think, four years, maybe five. Um, And he went off to work at Apple for his life, his career. He was a younger guy. He wanted to try working in a big company. It made perfect sense. But overall, we have very high retention and we're very proud of that.
1: Is there any benefit that you have either considered or just heard of other companies offering that is just too over the top, like you wouldn't consider offering it to your employees?
2: Hmm. That's a really good question. Do you, do you know of any? Have you heard of anything that's really interesting?
1: Curious. <laughs> um, I mean, you hear about all kinds of things in Silicon Valley, like people getting your dog's groomed at the office and right. haircuts <laughs> and, um, you know, every... But I, I do get the sense sometimes that that companies will do things because they know it's going to make waves in the press and they're going to get attention yes. for giving that perk. like if
0: you're the first company to offer X perk, you'll get the press. I mean, there are companies offering paying off student debt. There are yep. companies offering egg freezing services. Yep. There are companies offering a lot of time off for taking care of sick family members. So... Yeah, we would, gamut.
2: we would do some of those if, if, it, if, it, if it came up. We, and we have done some things like that. We do, um, for example, every three years, we do a 30-day paid sabbatical for every employee in the company. So it doesn't matter what role you're in. By the way, I should mention that every single benefit we offer is available to every single employee. Um, some of them require you to be at base camp for at least one year. But other than that, it doesn't matter what role you're at or what salary level you're at. All the benefits are the same. Um, I think the haircut stuff and whatever, some of those, you know, this, this is a subvers- subversive stuff that bugs me sometimes, because some of that is, like, we'll, we'll ha- like we have a salon, at, we don't, but some companies would say, like, we have a salon at the office, so you can save time. Well, basically what they're saying is, like, you know, stay at the office. <laughs> and it just, it strikes me as, as work first versus benefit first in that case. Now, that's not true for everybody, but a lot of those sort of things are where, like, they'll do your dry cleaning for you to save you time. Like, save what time? It's usually to save you time from not having to leave the office. I'm, I'm open to anything that makes sense.
0: So you touched on salary and money, which I think is also a really important part of the compensation package. Why don't you just raise salaries something like 3%, 5%, 10% every year instead of offering benefits?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And we, we, we've considered that in the past. Um, we used to offer uh, cash bonuses every year. Um, but we found out, that um, if for whatever reason they were less than the year before, people were disappointed, even though it's technically free money. There's just a very human thing about getting less the next year. It just makes people feel bad. Um, And so we actually limited that and replaced that um, with the uh, vacation benefit. And now people have an experience that they'll never forget versus just cash that went off to pay off something they forgot. And that's often what happens. So you give people cash or higher salary or whatever it is, and they don't know where they spent that extra money. Sometimes you do, but for the most part, you don't. It just gets, it gets. You pay bills, you do this, you do that. Versus, hey, taking your family to Morocco is something you'll never forget. Or, or, or going, going on a trip and climbing a, an amazing mountain or something like that. Or, or taking um, the trans, uh, I think it's Trans Canadian Railway. We did some really amazing trip across Canada on the, one of those trains with the glass tops. You know, there's all sorts of amazing things that you could do that you'll never forget. I just think that's more valuable ultimately, especially when we pay people well. If we were cutting people's salaries back to provide these things, I think that would be unfair. At at some point, I think there's diminishing returns of an extra few thousand bucks here and there versus actually encouraging people to take an experience and have an experience that they might not have had themselves. So it's definitely a different point of view, but I think there's more value in the experience than there is in the cash.
0: Man, human psychology. I think it's... Fascinating, know, isn't it? Fascinating, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about uh, perks. And it sounds like Basecamp isn't a bad place to work.
2: Well, thanks for having me. It was really fun to chat.
0: So when I asked Jason why he doesn't just pay people more money, he brought up an interesting point, which was that after a certain salary, so I think you have to be making enough money where you're comfortable In your lifestyle, and you have to be the type of person where you're not just working to make a million, jillion dollars. But at that point, more money doesn't really have that much of an impact, and that companies have to do other things to show that they want you there and to keep you there. And that's kind of where this Perk's arms race even happened. And I know he was a little bit, he didn't want to say he was participating in it, but I think that is what's happening in Silicon Valley a bit.
1: Yeah. And we should be clear that. Most people don't have this problem, right, where they're deciding between more money or more perks or they have too much of both. Like it's a it's a rarefied world where there is such a talent war. And it, and we do think of this as something that's kind of limited to tech, um, where, you know, you get both high pay and good benefits because your employer knows you could get up and get another job somewhere else really easily.
0: Yeah. And I actually wrote an article about this, how having bargaining power and leverage is what gets people the best benefits. And there was research that came out that showed that, yeah, people who are high skilled, so people in tech, but also some other industries like finance or other white collar industries have the best benefits because they can say, look, I'm really valuable. But the research also found that there were other types of industries that had really good benefits, and those industries happened to be heavily unionized. So they had like a different type of bargaining power. So, you know, manufacturing, you don't think of the labor as being highest uh, skilled labor, but they actually have really good benefits because they can have leverage in a different way. But again, that's not the majority of the workforce. There's still a huge amount of workers who are neither unionized or in these competitive fields, and it does create those kind of have and have nots of perks. So there are some people who are getting great paternity leave and maternity leave, and then there are people who have no access to pay time off.
1: Right. So not everybody has access to these perks. But there is one thing that kind of seems to apply across the board to me in these conversations we've been having about benefits and things that you can get at your job, which is that it's really important to think about compensation more holistically than just money. And, you know, you shouldn't go to work at a job that has ping pong tables and Cool office happy hours if that's not going to make you happier at that job. But you should think carefully about what things besides money you might want out of a job because you can negotiate for those things. Our Sally Kraczek, who's been a guest on this podcast a couple of times, has made the point in the past that, you know, if money's off the negotiating table, it doesn't mean that. Everything is, and you can ask for an extra week of vacation when you're, you know, talking to somebody about a new job or a long distance assignment or something like that. If you know what's important to you about a job, it's worth asking for those things and not just keeping it so narrowly focused on money.
0: And I think that's a great time for us to segue to Half Big Takes. Half Big Takes. You can call into our hotline and leave your own half-baked take at 212-617-0166. And this week, we have a listener with her own half-baked take. Hi, my name is Emily, and uh, my half-baked take is that when you leave the office for the night, possibly the worst thing you can say is "good night." I think that if you say goodnight, it feels like you're going to go home and just go to sleep. And your day is basically over, and you spent it just working. But if you say something like "Have a good night," you can sort of acknowledge that you're going to go do something fun after work, or even
1: if you're just going to go home and watch TV, you at least have some time to do what you want to do. So, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Wow, the power of two words. Yeah. So, was she saying "half have, have a good night" is okay? Yes, but good night. But so good night. Good night, night does sound like you're saying good night. You're putting someone to bed. Yeah. 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 Good night. Time to go to sleep. But I do like, yeah, it's like I have a life outside of work. Let me have it. Yeah. Good night. It does sound kind of sad. Like this is the last thing you're going to do today. You worked and now you go to sleep. Yeah. I'm really into this half big take. So thank you, Emily. Francesca,
0: what's your not super fully formed idea?
1: Okay. I know I have done a lot of half big takes about various days of the week. And I know I've actually also done a half big take about Mondays. But I have another one about Mondays. Lean into it, you know? I'm the day of the week girl. Yep. Um, Mondays. Okay, this would be the clickbaity headline. It's not really true, but Mondays are the best day of the week. It's the click. It's the counterintuitive it's wisdom. The sound of me clicking on it. Yep. Uh, okay, they're not really the best day of the week, but they are by far not the worst. And in fact, Mondays are kind of cool. I kind of like Mondays. So Sundays are horrible. We all know this, and you spend them dreading Monday and going back to work. But once you get up and start your day on Monday, first of all, you're already in the week, so you don't have anything to dread. And then you get to work and like usually there's a lot of work to do, like there's a lot of stuff to get through. So it keeps you busy. The day kind of flies by. And also like you get to see your work people again. And it's nice to be around people and have a reason to like, you know, take a shower. I had this experience this morning. Like, you really read my mind.
0: I just, I woke up and was ready. I was just like, okay, we're here. We're doing it. It's kind of the same feeling I have when I'm really anxious about anything, like surgery or going on a roller coaster. I get very anxious, like the Sunday scaries, and then you're on it, and you're like, okay, we're in it. We're just going
1: to deal with what we have. And you have the most energy. This is bordering a little close to therapy, but that's a really good (laughs) lesson, is that the thing that you do is never going to be as bad as worrying about it. wow. Love it. Becca, what is your uh, deeply insightful but not fully formed insight? It's
0: a kind of a response to another half fake take we had. A caller said she really didn't like when people asked her about her weekend. And so I have kind of my half fake take about how you should deal with that. Okay. You can't really say, like, oh, how was your weekend? You can't say, like, good. You can't just answer it with one word. You have to, I think, the best way to shut it down. (laughs) <laughs> is to answer with one big thing that you did. Or if it's like, what are you up to this weekend? Oh, yes. One big thing you're going to do. So it's not like nobody wants to have a whole conversation about your life.
1: Right. Pick one just thing. Just pick one thing. Be like, I'm going to the beach. Right. So That's, everyone's satisfied. Yeah. What, what if you didn't do anything? Because I feel like the, the code word for that is very relaxing. Yeah. Or like, yeah. I just vegged out. It was really chill. And that means you straight up watch TV yeah. all weekend. Just say like, oh, so, yeah, I
0: ordered in and... Watch some Netflix, yeah, or I think that works. Or
1: in your theory, if you're picking one thing, it could be like, you just pick the best Netflix show you watched, and you're like, I I watched episode three of Game of Thrones season four, Yeah, and this is exactly what it was about. Because I
0: think people are just craving a little conversation, but don't really care about your life, so just give them a little nibble. Pick one thing, move it along. I love it. And this has been Half-Baked Ticks. Half Big Takes. Thanks for listening to another episode of Game Plan. You can find
1: me on Twitter at @RZGreenfield. And I'm at Francesca today. You can tweet your half big takes at us or any other thoughts you have. You can also call us and leave a voicemail at 212-617-0166. If you want to hear from us more, sign up for our newsletter. You can find it at bloomberg.com/newsletters. If you like our show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Every review helps more people find out about our podcast.
0: This show was produced by Liz Smith and Magnus Henriksen. The head of podcasts is Alec McCabe. And we'll see you next week.
1: Bye.